0: in the summary i just wanted to take a quick minute to uh, explain how we're picking the movies since i don't think we've done that in quite some time Um, this episode starts a batch of five movies that contain box office performers 101 through 150. so each batch of five movies up to this point has been looking at uh, a random selection of movies from each box office batch so the first one was 1 through 25 then we went to 26 through 50 we just finished up 51 through 100 and now we're going into 101 through 150 so uh, this movie happens to be number 134 box office performer of all the movies that we have box office performances with I also want to say that if you really know your movie stuff then you may know that this movie was released in the US in 1992 (laughs) but it was originally released in France in 1991, which is why it made our list. So uh, take that into consideration as well. Um, Last little disclaimer before we hop into the summary is that we are not proficient in the French language and we are going (laughs) to get pronunciations wrong, probably very, very wrong, so
1: uh, apologize
0: in advance for all of the very many mistakes that I will definitely be making.
1: I will try to correct, but I am no expert. I took some French in college, and that was it.
0: So, we'll try. (laughs) And then
1: I also tried to do a Duolingo of French a few years ago, because we were going to Paris together, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I need to To remember.
0: (laughs) And I just let you do (laughs) it all. All Right. Yeah, I didn't even try. So, uh, on that note, All the Mornings of the World tells the story of reclusive composer... Monsieur de saint colombe and his two daughters from the perspective of Maureen Marais. He recounts his time with the family and his journey to become a masterful viol musician through the teachings of saint colombe Screenplay by Alain Cournot and Pascal Quignard, directed by Alain Cournot, and released in France on December 18, 1991. Have you seen this movie before? No, I have not. Me either. It's one of the few I, I have not did seen. not
1: knew. I did not know this movie existed.
0: <laughs> I was aware of it. Oh, like, but it never interested me. I'm not oh, too like period pieces. Or yeah,
1: uh, I I don't mind them. I, when I was younger, I did not care, but now I like them.
0: Yeah, I think there's like a stigma with period pieces like it's being boring which yeah that and also just that they're all going to be very samey i don't know like if you've seen one you've seen them all there's that type of like thought process in my own head like they're gonna just cover a lot of the same ground so why bother unless it really has a lot of attention behind it so i think i knew of this movie but i probably didn't have any way to watch it and i probably wouldn't have cared if i did so how would you like it (laughs) i'll let you go first on that
1: i really liked it It, i mean it got there were parts where i'm like okay this is getting kind of long
0: but it's about two hours long yeah
1: i think i liked it up until i don't know spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) when the when the woman uh, this should also be a trigger warning content warning because there's going to be suicide talks of suicide in this okay yeah. I liked it when, um, up until the point where Madeline, like, hanged herself, basically. Sure. Like, after that, I understand, you know, him coming back, whatever. But then that kind of
0: got too long for me. The ending sequence, basically? Yeah,
1: like, the last 20 minutes, I was like, this could have not, I don't care about this. I, I mean, I understand what, how, because it... It ties in from what was happening in the beginning of the movie. It's like him telling mm-hmm. a story and reminiscing, and he's like, "Okay, let me tell you." Is is, is that's what it makes it sound like? He was telling his court.
0: Yeah, his students in the his court. students
1: yeah. in the court about his master, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah and it- then
1: it ties in at the very end. With the story he was telling in the beginning, like I understand that, but then at that point I was like, mm, "All right."
0: Yeah, the ending does get to. It could, a it little could just
1: bit... end now, but it kept on going. <laughs> I think for like yeah. an extra twenty minutes.
0: I mean, we also had the the small detriment of having to deal with commercial breaks here and there through the platform that we watched yeah, it on. Yeah, yeah, right. So um, that was that may uh, have been it. Made it. A little bit longer yeah yeah I think the flow a tiny bit yeah um but yeah I mean like in the beginning it's easier to take the slower Mm. pace um and accept it because I mean one you're just presented with all of these amazingly beautiful shots like oh yeah incredible countryside everything looks like a painting of this era we're by the way we're talking about like the 1600s like the mid to late 1600s France is when this takes place um so you have that sort of painterly quality to the cinematography. And so it doesn't matter that it's going a little bit slower because you're just kind of soaking it all in with your eyes.
1: Mm-hmm. And then at
0: the end, that has kind of lost its luster a little bit. And you have to be really invested in the characters to handle that last, you know, couple sequences. Yeah, so the movie basically is uh, Gerard Depardieu plays the adult version or the more grown up version of Marae. Am I saying that right?
1: Merlin Ma- Murray or something. Sure. One of okay. those two.
0: <laughs> Murray, I think, is probably yeah. right, right? Um, we tried to listen to these before we even came <laughs> on this podcast and we already forgot it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Moray is teaching, uh, he works for the king. And he has a court of musicians that he's teaching, mm-hmm. uh, and he basically just goes through his his life story of how he got to that point in a sense, right? So yeah, he
1: um, well, yeah, he's talking about how recent recently his master died, and he was like, "Let me tell you a story of my master," and then he pretty much comes up with this song for. Him him
0: yeah yeah he's he's talking about and also yeah he's just talking about how there's master, like not yeah. enough emotion in the music that they are playing uh-huh and so like you know to really understand and let me tell you the story about what it means to be a musician yes because that's how he learned it is from saint colomb um and the opening shot of the movie is just like one really, really long shot of his. Yeah, the beginning. Things.
1: The beginning, I was like, what are we getting into? Because it's like five to ten minutes of just Gerard Depardieu's face. Yes. Very close up. <laughs> very close up. And you hear music and kind of like men in the background kind of goofing off in a way. They're like, dah, 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 dah. they're yeah. making like weird noises. I like, I don't they're... know if they're like like they're trying to up.
0: vocalize what the scales are that they're going to yeah, play yeah. or whatever like, and so they're like duh, 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 yeah. Duh.
1: yeah like they're yeah. warming up i guess not mm-hmm. messing around but it kind of sounds like that in the beginning cuz it's like blah, 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 blah. like this for 5 minutes
0: and, and I, that's I and i when i looked Gerard at you yeah like his eyes like closed and Yeah, looks he like he's looks sleeping. like he's annoyed or pissed off that yeah, these he's people are doing probably that. just concentrating or focusing on what they do and right. then just not speaking but I think where it kind of took a turn is like within that shot he t- you know he tells everyone to like close the shutters and then it goes from like a sort of like a a normal lit shot and uh he has like his you know white wig and the powdered face and the right yeah whatever you know the the stately stuff garb on um and then they ask him to close the shutters and it gets extremely moody and dark like in that moment and you know he's talking about how he thinks he's an imposter because he can't he can't do what saint colomb did
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, he he's not nearly at that level and so and then he goes into the story and it flashes back to his uh his mentor's story so it was an interesting long shot but i think it did have a payoff at least in my mind you just have to unfortunately look at Jar Day Right, for a I was like, uh. and if you're in a theater, just imagine how massive that would be on right the silver screen. So yeah, I mean, it's he kind of bookends the movie right with those scenes because you come back to him in the current day uh, later after he's after he's done his stuff, and we'll get to that probably at the end there for the big payoff and the reveal. Um, but uh, most of the movie focuses on. Uh, Monsieur saint uh played by Jean-Pierre Marielle. Am I close on that one?
1: Mariel,
0: which is an amazing performance by him. I really, I really enjoyed what he yeah. did with this. Um, so this is a person whose wife had recently passed away. He's raising two young daughters basically by himself, with the help of some house maids or. Yeah, someone's, someone's doing there, something. they don't really address her by name.
1: Right. And that's what I was... I was trying to figure out... I mean, because they have a gigantic house and land. Mm-hmm.
0: I was trying to figure out uh, who he was. Basically. Yeah, he was, he was because a working I, musician up to, until that point. Yeah, then I he know he was a working a musician. He became like a hermit after his wife yeah, died. Yeah,
1: after his wife died, you know, he... Well, we can get into it, I guess, when he gets very, yeah, reclusive, and then he just buries himself into his music only.
0: Uh Not even caring about his kids at all, just 15 hours a day in this little shack. He he builds a shack shack.
1: outside of the house, plays his viol all day long, Uh and then, you know, he teaches his daughters... Yeah. How to play at some point. When they get older, yeah. When they get older. And And then they they all start to travel and play together until the king is like, I want you to play for me. And he's like, no, I'm not going to basically be like a sellout.
0: Right. Yeah. This music is not for you. It's not for the public. It's for my own personal. And then the king
1: hated that and pretty much like blacklisted him and he was not allowed to like play anywhere else so he where, and then that's where I was like where is he getting the money I know they have a farm and all that stuff that's why I was wondering
0: what In, are they going to do he had something of a savings I mean it was like that's why I was wondering does he is he from necessary? like a family
1: that's already been established that's what I I know these are these are based on real people for like yeah, these, this are is, real composers. these are real composers from the 1600s. So I don't know anything about the real Monsieur
0: saint colomb I try to do very, I did very very minimal basic research. But what I right. understand of this is that, um, okay, so this is based off of a book by Pascal Quignard, um, but he basically made it all up. Like, there's very very little known about so this either is just one like... of these two composers, like at all.
1: But it's about real composers. It's but about real it's composers. like his fanfic, basically. Of yeah, real yeah. Yeah, it's, been, compo- it's, it's, it's a fanfic. For yeah. Sure.
0: Okay. So yeah. So yeah. Saint was Maurice. Maurice. Mar-
1: Marais. Marais. We're gonna try. Mentor.
0: Saying. Yeah. That is true, from what we can tell. But beyond that, details are very, very sketchy or unknown. Yeah. Or maybe just not available on the little tiny corner of the internet I visited and didn't go beyond what we get instead is is this um, progression of, of a story and like I, I mean to be honest with you I don't even know if Saint Colomb had daughters I'm assuming that she yeah no actually I think I did see that that was true that he did tour with his daughters okay but I don't know if they had a relationship with Marai. The way they... Yeah, the way that insinuate it's, it, in this movie. Yeah.
1: That's probably the fanfic part. It could be.
0: Yeah. And obviously <laughs> the part about his wife, his dead wife, visiting him while he... Right. ...plays well, some horses. Yeah. Yes. Um... So... I think we jumped a little bit ahead. So yeah, okay. Stonewall with the... Uh, Stonewall by the king, uh, and then a young Marai, uh comes to become... He wants to be... Uh, his student. He knows that Saint Colum is like one, like probably yeah, the, the best, best in the world. Has a lot to teach, and he wants to be taught. And the young version is played by Gerard Depardieu's son, Guillaume.
1: Guillaume Depardieu.
0: Um. And he's resistant. So what I really like about uh, Jean-Pierre's performance here is is that he's he's appropriately a al- not aloof, but he's weary of life. He's like sick of life, you know what I mean? Like he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he's jaded. He's super jaded and yeah. he doesn't talk much and he doesn't need to talk much because he's like, you know, simple facial expressions tell the entire story at all times and like you know you can just look at his face and know exactly what he's thinking
1: yeah and um when older murray is talking about him his mentor saint colomb he does say that he is a jansenite i don't know if you have that
0: no, I don't I don't think I caught that. I oh, was probably I, reaching, I was probably looking at something else.
1: Because I was like, I need to look further into this. I'm not going to do a history about Jansenism, but it was like a sect or a part of like the Catholic or Christian faith that was in the 16th, 17th, 18th centuries. Mm. And it was founded by... A dutch religious reformer by the name of cornelius jensen okay and it's like theological principles which emphasize about predestination it's like deny a free will and that all human nature is like incapable of being good
0: Mm. okay
1: that's what this guy was practicing
0: okay so like man is the devil in a sense. Yeah,
1: nothing like no matter what you do, you're not gonna be pure of heart.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I I, I missed that little. I think it was just a simple line of dialogue that I might have been taking. In he my said own it notes in the at very. The time.
1: Yeah, I know it was in the very beginning. He was like when he started talking about. I'm talking about older Gerard yeah, Bardu, all right. When part. he's like he he practiced Jansenism. He was jansenite he was very strict about it so i think like that type of religion that's what he was that trying to the portray performance. Yeah. yeah
0: that makes sense but yeah in general i mean it made me kind of identify with him in a way <laughs> oh really <laughs> well just like the, i don't know just because like you clear that he's like near anger with having to deal and talk to people Right. Like I, yeah. he has like an insane He's, very, disdain for world he's kind and life. of yeah,
1: he just doesn't he and then where they live, they're very secluded. That yeah. that was the other thing. And then with like him and his daughters, it seemed as if they don't he didn't really like show the religion part of anything in this movie. It right. was just mentioned that's that what he was. Yeah, That did. was his religion. Yeah, they but don't show him being. Like show him being preachy type yeah, of a guy. he wasn't preaching to his daughters, but I could tell that they lived in a secluded area outside of Paris. And then they're outside of Versailles, which is where, I mean, Marais is coming from, mm-hmm. or Marais. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, they don't say where exactly, but, you know, they're taking like a horse and buggy or he's riding a horse, I don't know how many hours away. So they're out in the middle of the French country. Yeah. Secluded, and it seems as if his daughters like he didn't allow them to be in the outside world. All they did was work on on the farm. They worked yeah, they worked played music. And they
0: played music and that was their whole life. And then
1: just farming. Playing music and farming. That's all these two girls grew up to be when they were women
0: yeah absolutely and again who knows how real that was right yeah
1: but, but i i think maybe that was part of his religion but they don't really show yeah, or yeah, they don't show him preaching because they preaching rarely show it, yeah. him
0: talking in fact like
1: yeah he he barely talks to anyone all he wants to do is be secluded in a shack playing music
0: and nearly you know for nearly like I'd say almost like the first half hour of the movie, there's almost no dialogue spoken on screen. It's almost all done through Gerard Depardieu's narration, which happens throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah. Um, because St. Cologne does not talk all that much in general. He does not have tons of lines in this movie. It's again, mostly through his face. And he says at one point that, you know, he doesn't like to talk. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have, he doesn't, he's not able to express himself through words so he mm-hmm. doesn't like to yeah, do it he
1: expresses himself through music
0: yeah so unless he's yelling at the king or something like that or if he's yelling at someone else then he's right. not really talking all that much um and i thought that was really interesting how they were able to make that work so long within the movie that
1: mm-hmm. they're able to
0: go so long with barely any spoken dialogue um just the narration portion i was wondering if that was going to continue. To- I mean, it mixed, not really. weeks later, yeah. Marie Morai. I don't, <laughs> I don't want. Marine Morai uh, comes to be taught. Uh, Saint Cologne basically denies him because he says your your music is too poppy. Like you don't have. Yeah, you're, you're not a you're real not musician. A classic musician. You're a pop star, and you'll make a living, but you'll never be be a musician. But,
1: yeah, like a true musician.
0: Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. He mm. Like, basically says, "You're a goddamn pop star." I mean, this is probably Get out of my house. right?
1: It's probably like around the time of like Mozart and stuff, you know?
0: I, I, yeah, I don't know the timelines on that. So,
1: so he's probably like scoffing at that idea, like, "Oh, you just want to be famous," because you know, well, that's what he I, comes and says, "He's like, right. I
0: want to be the most famous viol player in the world." Right, and, and that's immediately not Colum's what like scoffing Columbus
1: at that. is like. No, that's not what musician being a musician is about it's not about fame yeah it's about just loving the music and being embodied in it (laughs) right and it's like a part of you and that's it
0: and and eventually maureen is able to um he's he's being taught by one of the daughters for the most part instead yes the
1: the eldest daughter yes
0: yeah uh madeline madeline
1: madeline
0: (laughs) um And then Toinette is the other daughter, the younger one. And they both have the hots for him, but um, Madeline is the one who actually starts a relationship with him while also teaching him. And they hide underneath a shack to learn more of Colum's secrets here and there.
1: Well, I mean, he does initially start to teach him.
0: Yeah, at some point, but then he throws him out. Because, like, he's doing some things, and at one point he gets, like, super caustic. It's sort of like... um, like J.K. Simmons' character in Whiplash. You know what I mean? Right. Where he's like, he's not saying not my tempo, but he's basically saying, like, you suck, you're doing this wrong.
1: Yeah, and then he picks up his viol and smashes it. instrument. Yeah. Tells him to get out
0: and never come back. Right. And that's when they start to have the secret lessons with the daughter. And then
1: the daughter, well, the young Murai is walking away, and the daughter runs up to him saying, hey, I can... Teach
0: you, mm-hmm.
1: and I can, you know, show you the way, basically. Yeah. And then you know, and then sneak you in to our not the house. Like, well, yeah, I guess the house. But yeah, then they sneak in the house
0: because the dad, Saint glum never goes in the house. He's in his shack. He's, yeah, he's, he's, in, he's But then in the shack, I want to. They, do they the go house.
1: through like a secret way to listen to him. Play in the yeah, shed. They go through,
0: like this back way through like the woods or the field and then they sneak underneath.
1: And um, listen to him all day long. Yeah. Playing until, you know, one day they get caught. And so. He
0: gets yelled at and slapped. Yeah. <laughs> and has to run away again. Exactly. Um, but yeah, they have a relationship um, for a while and then that ends. Uh, because well, he breaks yeah. up because he wants to be a famous person And he's yeah, young, going off to the court And he can't be with her Yeah, young Mirai is
1: working for offer. the king Yeah At that point Once he gets kicked out by St. Colum,
0: Then he goes to work for, goes for the king He goes to yeah.
1: work for the king And then, you know, he does still come by Because he comes by now and he's wearing, you know, the
0: Yeah, he's in the Kingly fancy wardrobe mm-hmm. He has the he has the full wig,
1: the the wig, the makeup, the shoes.
0: And I'm assuming that's something of a class thing because Saint Colum is wearing like the white ruffled collar thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's religion or class or both, but yeah, I don't. You know, he, again, think of the paintings of the era, and that's what you're getting. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, he he breaks up with her. Basically, says that he doesn't fully love her. Uh, yeah, it, it seems as if he never, do
1: it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like he's just kind of using her, basically. That's what. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, she obviously had feelings for him, but in my, I mean, he's the only person to visit their home besides mm-hmm. her father and her sister.
0: Basically, yeah. So
1: she falls in love. With him quickly.
0: hmm Well, we assume. That's her, we don't like, only... Timeline, that's,
1: yeah. like, her only love, because that's the only person that's, like, been... She's met. Yeah. Besides her yeah. family.
0: It's like, okay, here's an opportunity. Let's start, you know, let's... Yeah. Let's do something here. And I think that's why the younger daughter also tries to sort of throw herself at him at a couple of instances. Right.
1: So. And... It's obvious that, you know, she has more feelings than him. He's yeah. just, like, there to learn, and, you know, he wants to be the best. Mm-hmm. So, and he wants to learn from the best. So he just continues this, you know, relationship with her until he's like, you know, I'm now working for the king. And, you know, there's basically, like, there's a lot of other
0: women out there I
1: want to explore, basically. Sure,
0: yeah. And then that's
1: it. He leaves, and he's and gone
0: for almost, you know, in, until he becomes older. Gerard, yeah,
1: he becomes older Gerard. He, but then after he leaves, the the older sister Madeline, she becomes pregnant with his child, but she gives it's a stillbirth child.
0: Yeah, and they explain all of that. They don't show. Any they don't of that. show they her just say it in a single line of dialogue. Yeah, like she became pr- yeah.
1: pregnant and. turned out to be a son but he was born stillborn
0: and it's so it's just so interesting how they can spend so much time lingering on so many different like you know quiet moments right and then pass like a full yeah her like her pregnancy and they
1: don't even show her pregnant and they don't show her giving birth Mm -mm. they just show her after all of that yeah, and then when she's sick now with
0: uh, something. Did they say what she was sick with?
1: I didn't think she was sick. I thought she no, was... Well, she was
0: dying of some illness.
1: I didn't know she had an illness. I thought she just stopped eating and stuff because she was so depressed.
0: I mean, maybe because that's he what left. It was, but... I mean, she was definitely sick, and they said that she was sick. Maybe I that's what she caused was... her to be sick, but...
1: I thought, like, her... Him leaving her, and then her... Giving birth to a stillborn child, I thought that caused her to become ill, like, mentally I and
0: physically. I mean, you could be right, but, like, I got the impression that it was something else because of the time jump. Because he was no longer played by Guillaume, it was played by Gerard, which means there was a significant leap Like, in 20, time.
1: 20 years to go by?
0: Yeah. Like, a, I don't know, at least more than one year. I know clearly. that, yeah. So, like... If she was wasting away by, like, starving herself in that way, it was a very long road to get there. I don't know. I got the impression that it was some other random illness. I thought she was just
1: really depressed because the one person she loved. That's why I like this story, because I was like, this this woman,
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, she could still be carrying that flame for him, but at the same time still be riddled with some other disease. Yeah, they didn't... I guess
1: they didn't explain if she had... Or we missed it because
0: we were both taking notes at the time. Right. (laughs) missed a a subtitle. So...
1: I... In my mind, I was like, she is just... You know, I lost the love of my life. I am depressed forever.
0: Well, here's the thing. This movie's already a fanfic. We can make it whatever we want. I know. (laughs) That's what I was
1: thinking. I was like, wow, this woman is committing. But then... But, you know... And then she, you know... She lost her child from the man that she loved. So she also lost another love. She, In my yeah. mind, she's like, I have lost everything. I have nothing. So I might as well become nothing too. That's what, In my mind, that's what I thought she was,
0: what was I happening. Think it, I think that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I just thought that. I didn't know she I had an illness. it was an actual disease. Oh, I didn't because, know like, she, she had, like... she talks about like how a... she can't, like, walk and how she's like, can barely support herself. And you can really see, like, all the bad yeah, in her Yeah, like, she's very sullen. But you
1: know, I think it was just because she colorless. was not really eating. That could be. And
0: but, I don't know. My mind went to an actual She's disease.
1: also bedridden. She probably, because she's not moved in days or years, that her body muscles aren't like working i
0: don't
1: Or they're like atrophied i have no idea
0: yeah i don't know we don't have to solve it
1: (laughs) (laughs) i that's what i was thinking i was like she's depressed
0: so um anyway the the long and short of it is while she's sick she wants her dad to play one of maureen's songs uh because she knows she's near the end of life
1: yes and so
0: she wants to hear one of her lover's songs and he refuses, and instead he beckons for uh, the older him Marin... to come and play for her. Yes, and he does, and that's when we see the Gerard version in the flashback timeline first appear. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a weird exchange when they reunite, and he almost seems to like shame her for dying. In some of the dialogue, he, you know, it was not, it yeah. was not fully pleasant.
1: Well, other things throughout, I guess throughout the years, um, and while he, he married someone
0: else, yeah, by the way. In the meantime, throughout the,
1: he married, I think he tells her, or he tells the, because he still keeps in touch with the younger sister, Toinette, yeah. because he gives the younger sister some shoes to give. To, his old, to her older sister mm-hmm. to give as a present. Like, here you go. Here, Here's some shoes instead. And then the older sister's... She just threw it in the... Fu- Madeline threw it in the fire. She's like, I don't want this.
0: Yeah, I don't want some freaking shoes. An empty-ass gesture. I don't want Yeah. This. yeah.
1: But then, you know, Toinette takes it out of the fire and keeps it in a box for her.
0: Yeah. Probably because I think Twinette also... Yeah, it was, like, part of her feelings for him, in a way. Yeah, but to...
1: I feel like they became more friendly. Like, I know while growing up, she was kind of coming on to him, too. Yeah. But I think they kept in touch. Yeah, because yeah. the... When he comes back to see older Madeline on her deathbed, basically... hmm Toinette is, she is also dressed up in that very fancy clothes, too. Like, as if she is now a part of that court.
0: It could be. I I feel like they didn't really... They didn't explain... They didn't give any closure to her story at all.
1: Like, she was And then she wasn't really there after her sister's death, because... right saint cologne was alone after that
0: yeah that's true i didn't yeah
1: she was not there at the house after her sister died it was just saint cologne alone in this house and he you know the two his two daughters were doing everything for him like cooking cleaning everything right like all they did all he did was show up at the kitchen at the table and start eating because they prepared everything for him so after his daughter died and then I guess his younger daughter is gone?
0: Married off, perhaps?
1: Yeah, they yeah. don't even explain that, really. And now, he just, now he's just sitting at the table like, what do I do with my life now that everyone I love is gone?
0: Yeah. But to sort of go back to that, that scene <laughs> where they, they meet, and he plays a right. song for her. And yeah, we can think, go back to that. Um, so obviously, you know, he, he plays it, and she's very moved and whatnot, and then they have their last goodbye because shortly after he leaves the room she takes the uh, the ribbons from those shoes yes to use uh and, and uh hangs herself so you know makes it something of a, a poetic ending for her um what i thought and by the way that actress as well is, is gave a yeah. Very wonderful performance. Um Anne
1: Brochette.
0: Yeah, Anne Brochette. Uh she won an award for this movie, which we can get into. This actually won a lot of awards. Um so at this point that's not the end of the story though, because uh Marine still has this need to become the greatest viol player. And so he continues to go back to the house and sneak under the cabin to try to hear St. Cologne play for months on end.
1: Yeah, alone.
0: Alone. But Cologne's not playing because he's just grief-stricken, you know, and he's talking to himself and he's also talking to his dead wife in the cabin. Yeah. um, Which we haven't talked about tons, we kind of alluded to, but basically when he plays certain songs, he can materialize her she yeah. joins him in the room and becomes real again and they can talk but they can't touch and so that's like one of saint colomb's powers with his music is that he is so in tune with the world of music that he can you know that's that's what it's about it's about basically being able to talk to his dead wife and that's, yeah you know, this like whole...
1: it's for his love yeah
0: yeah um and every once in a while there's like some remnants that she leaves behind like a a broken wafer cookie and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Marine's trying to do that, and at some point he gets caught again.
1: Yes, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah.
0: Um. Or, or I think what was it? That the, didn't Colum say something like he wanted some sort of a sign that somebody was there, and you know he was, and Marine was there, and so he you know scratched on the door. Yeah, or something yeah, like that. and that's so,
1: when they kind of confront each other.
0: Yeah. And that was an extremely slow-moving scene, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like at that point, Saint Colum um, acquiesces and basically says, "Yes, you can be my student. Let me give you your first lesson." Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that all of this if, stuff is now
1: that there. Marin is, you know, in his thirties now. Who knows? Like, yeah, who knows? Twenty years later, some. Yeah, I will now teach you. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's in, he's at Gerard age, whatever that might be um in, in the context of During this movie. This time, but know. still not White Wig Gerard, but brown wig Gerard. Yes. Because I think that also makes a difference in terms of timeline. So um but anyway, the pace is extremely slow and deliberate and it's a very long build up to where they're going to play the last song together. And they're just staring at each other and they're looking at each other in mutual appreciation. Both of them have like tears and then that's sort of where the flashback ends is like they play the song together and they're like
1: and then Columbus like you know, you are a musician. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Like he I now acknowledge you yeah. as a musician.
0: And then they go back to the current day and they're back in that dark, shuttered room, um, and he's still that you know, it's that exact same close up basically, and he's mm-hmm. like sweating and he's crying and then you get to see the class and there some of them are crying too and the big reveal is that St. Colum is there listening to him tell that story. Yeah, it like his ghost really. yeah. basically. Basically he has the ability to materialize uh, and watch him well. play. Exactly. So and that's sort of how it, it ends. How it and... ends. But yeah, I think um I think we'll get into our overall impressions of it, but I think yeah, it, it was a lot better than I expected it to be. Oh yeah. I think we sort of made a lot more out of the plot than there really was. There weren't a whole lot of plot point, like A, B, C, D, and E. There weren't a whole lot of like pit stops along the way. There weren't like side plots. It was mostly just like, look at at the pretty pictures. Here's a relatively basic movie Uh behind it. And and here you go. And it worked better than it probably should have based off of that uh, description I just gave. So, I mean, there are a lot of awards that go along with this. Um, Before we get into that, though, I want to make one quick little note, a piece of trivia I saw on IMDb, which may or may not be true, but it said that the soundtrack album of this movie, a Baroque music, outsold Michael Jackson upon its release in France and outsold Madonna upon its release in the United States. So, I don't know how true that was, but...
1: I mean, I've never heard of this movie, but yeah, exactly. I'm, ass- I'm assuming like the art crowd saw yeah. this and they were like, "Oh, I'm so moved." I mean, the music was beautiful.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, most of it was. It's it's the music real composed by it's these real, two Yeah, it's
1: actual comp- music from composers from that time. Yeah, like two sorrows,
0: disc. I think, was one of them. There's one that's named after Saint that I don't have the full title written out on, but yeah, in terms of like box office performance so yeah in for the purposes of the podcast we're kind of lumping all the box office performances in one so even though it hit the u.s in november 13th of 1992 and the box office that you know the positioning is based off of that 1992 box office so mm-hmm. we're just kind of making like one massive list and it was number 134 out of all of our movies awards it it went through uh the Berlin Film Festival, it was nominated for the Golden Bear, but it lost to a 1991 movie called Grand Canyon, which we will get to at some point. It's a U.S. movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was nominated in the 1993 award season for the best foreign language film at the Golden Globes, uh, but it lost to another France entrant called Indochine, if I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing that right, and that movie also won the Oscar in 1993. Uh, But it won uh, a lot of awards at the César Awards in France, which is basically their highest film awards uh, ceremony. It won Best Film, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director, Best Music, Best Cinematography, Costume Design, and Sound. So it won seven awards. Yes. If my count is correct. It was also nominated for Best Actor uh, for Jean-Pierre. Best Promising Actor for Guillaume Depardieu, uh, Screenplay, and Editing. He won seven, was nominated for four more. What was interesting is, like, okay, Guillaume Depardieu, he was nominated for Best, Most Promising Actor for this, but also for two other movies. So he... He was, yeah, Most Promising Actor for, like, three different years.
1: But he never won any of them? He was always nominated?
0: Uh, I think he, uh, I think he did win one of the most promising actor awards, but not for this movie. Um. So yeah, it was just interesting that they were like allowing him. I don't know, just the way the system works. Like maybe it doesn't translate very well, but I would assume it's like a young upstart actor. But to have that yeah, that's award an interesting like, category, like
1: most promising, whatever.
0: Yeah, because clearly they have a supporting actress and actor. Yeah. Uh, so I mean Ambrose won the Supporting Actress award for this movie um, but yeah I don't know um, but Guillaume unfortunately has, has passed away he passed away in 2008 at 37 year old 37 years old from pneumonia he had a tough life aside from all the acting careers she, he also had his leg amputated oh my God. before that uh, because he got an infection after a motorcycle accident that did not resolve after couple of years and he eventually had to have his leg amputated and then obviously he caught pneumonia later on and passed away. Wow. So.
1: I did not know that Gerard Depardieu had, was A, even married and B, had children. <laughs> like that's why I was like, wait, that's his son. I didn't know he even procreated and had children, but l- you know- <laughs> looking at Gerard's life, I was like,
0: eh, all right well you know who else procreated Marin <laughs> Pro- Marais <laughs> Marin Marais had 19 kids according to one of the place, the articles I saw on Wikipedia 19 kids from Marin Marais
1: I mean the, okay I don't know if this is, I didn't look this up but there is a neighborhood in Paris called Le Marais and I don't know if it's named after him I would not but be It probably
0: was. I mean, obviously, historical figures get things yeah. done for them a lot. So, and he was a prominent court musician who had, you know, long-lasting music that outsells Madonna and Michael Jackson. So, yeah, why not?
1: Yeah, all the way up until in nineteen nineties. Yeah, posthumous. <laughs> mm.
0: um, other awards. I mean, again, it's mostly like the the Cesar Awards. Olén Kurnyol. This was his only César win. He was nominated for a couple other things. Uh, Some Kind of Blue, Le Cazun, Nocturne Indian, and Choice of Arms. Um, Pesco Cognard, he basically just did a couple things. He did New World with Cornyon, so that, uh which was a 1995 movie that also has James Gandolfini and Alicia Silverstone. OK. I did not know that that movie existed until I saw this on the list. But yeah, 1995 movie written and directed by French people starring Mm -hmm. James Gandolfini and Alicia Silverstone.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, Gerard Depardieu, if we can quickly go through his credits because he's he's won and been nominated for quite a bit, actually. Um, He has an Oscar nomination for Cyrano de Bergerac uh, from 1990, so a year before this. He has the Cannes Best Actor win. Uh, he has 15 Cesar nominations and two wins, but not for this movie, obviously. Um, I don't think he was even nominated for this movie. Um, he was nominated. He won for Cyrano and The Last Metro at the Caesars. The Last Metro is a 1980 movie which won the, uh, had a Best Foreign Film Oscar nomination. It's a, a Truffaut movie. Um, obviously, we know him in the US from things like My Father the Hero.
1: Yes, and uh, green, green Card. Green Card,
0: <laughs> Men in the Iron Mask. Um, there's also, just so everyone knows, there is a 1991 version of My Father the Hero, the original French version, but it's not currently on our list because I could not find a watchable version through actual home video or streaming so yeah which, if that ever pops up it will come up on the list and we could possibly watch it
1: kind of yeah if it does because i'm curious because i remember watching my father the hero and he plays you know the same the father he plays in both the hero yeah the, the, he <laughs> the father hero the father hero <laughs> in both movies so yeah. i'm just
0: curious to see that and i've never seen either one so it'd be interesting to Uh, compare them um but he's also in another 1991 movie called merci uh merci la vie so thank you life i guess Mm -hmm. is how it translates um and brochette the person who plays madeline won for this was nominated for cyrano and also a movie called mask so shall we get into uh true kind of pop culture stuff
1: yes i have uh, both again all right And I went into Gerard Depardieu's life.
0: Yes, he's had some incidents.
1: Yes, and (laughs) even up until now. Yeah. And um, I got a couple. There was a couple of articles that I looked up. One was from like a Vanity Fair article that was came out this well this year, February twenty twenty one, about his alleged rape and sexual assault what's going on there and then also there was this like website I found it's called frenchtogether.com and it's this article called what's the deal with French megastar Gerard Depardieu (laughs) and it's just like a bullet point of like all the stupid shit that he's done Mm -hmm. up until now uh, it, it talks about other stuff like why is he famous but
0: i don't care because i don't like him i think it's just his <laughs> acting i mean i thought yeah. like, honestly i didn't mind his acting at least yeah yeah in, the book in ended this movie scenes. yeah Not so much while he was in the flashback but like i don't know i really uh yeah he was decent in that close-up shot the long take i thought that was good but
1: right so i'm just gonna go through the bullet points of the crimes <laughs> that this man has done <laughs> And starting with August 16th, 2011, he was about 62 years old. Depardieu urinated in a bottle while on board a city jet flight bound for Dublin as it was still taxied in Paris.
0: I think that's probably I, um, this the, is the most well known. Yeah, this is yeah.
1: what I remember because it was like insane to see. I don't know if
0: he had, Did he, I don't know if he had like a... Maybe I'm just imagining like a Nick Nolte type of like mugshot, Uh, but you know, like around that time you saw him like in that sort of like disheveled type of a, you know, state a lot. So
1: right, but he said something of a pop culture incident. Yeah, he he said the incident was attributed to a urinary incontinence caused by a prostate problem that he had, Hmm. and the. Flight attendant was not allowing him to get up to go to the bathroom because the aircraft was moving. Sure. So he was like, I'm going to go pee in this bottle. Yeah. When you got to go, you got to go. Yep. In August 2012, he was accused of assault and battery for punching a a motorist in Paris following a traffic accident. Hmm. And according to that Vanity Fair article, he stated... Quote, my reaction was perhaps a little over the top because I was very scared. Okay. That was his excuse.
0: Okay. The plain one makes a little bit of sense. That doesn't make as much sense to me. <sighs> Yeah. I wasn't there. Don't know.
1: In November 2012, he was arrested for driving while intoxicated after he fell from a scooter and was found to have a blood alcohol level of 1.8 grams. This is... Yes. you know we're european not, yeah, european we're not metric here yeah we're not, we're we don't use that scale but <laughs> right 1.8 grams per liter which is well above the french limit which is 0. 0.5 Okay, grams. Well, there you go.
0: yeah that's completely inexcusable <clears throat> yes no tolerance for that
1: on january 3rd 2013 russian president vladimir putin signed an executive order granting russian citizens citizenship to departu this move to Russia was in protest of France's proposed wealth tax. And his, I guess, in Depardieu wrote a autobiography, which I don't care. But <laughs> I don't know. According to his autobiography, Depardieu said, Putin was immediately liked by my hooligan side, quote. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like this dude. In 2018, Depardieu was accused of sexual assault. So this should be trigger warning, content warning. But there hasn't been, I mean, this is still ongoing. So as of August 2000, 2018, he's been accused by a 22-year-old actress. And she's an un, she hasn't revealed herself. Unnamed, yeah. She's unnamed. She's an actress and a dancer. And the actress reported being assaulted twice by him in his home during a rehearsal session Mm. the unnamed actress made her statement to the police after which the case was passed to prosecutors in the capital and deppardue obviously denied the allegations in 2019 the charges were dropped after a nine-month police investigation but in October 2020, the case was reopened after his accuser refiled the complaint.
0: Hmm. So, as of... So, it may have been some technicality that she was able to fix and refile, Yeah, maybe,
1: yeah. Perhaps. And as of... the This is from the Vanity Fair article. As of February 2021, it was announced that French authorities charged Depardieu with rape... And stemming from the incident from 2018, and he still rejects the allegations. But that's the last thing that I saw. I haven't, I didn't see any like update as of February. Yeah, I mean, and he was, it's, it's he's only been, been charged. a couple months. Yeah, it's, it's only been, been a couple yeah.
0: months, so maybe slow moving, especially if it's, you know, Russian courts, perhaps. I don't know if it's Russian or French courts, but it looks like French but who knows how public they are with some of these things so
1: right um moving on to the top songs for that week of december 18th 1991 the number one song in the u.s was michael jackson's black
0: or white this is so not the soundtrack
1: No, not the soundtrack (laughs) to this movie. No,
0: they they did say it outsold Madonna, and who knows? Like, maybe that was like maybe charts to begin with. It's not going to be a top
1: song, but if you can look at the charts for around that time, but Madonna was like
0: 190 and they're like 187. But this is
1: 1991, and this movie technically came out in the US in '92, so we probably won't see that. And the top UK song was George Michael and Elton John, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. I, we've mentioned this yeah, before. Yep. What was but, the Michael
0: Jackson song again? Black,
1: Black or, or white. white. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've we heard it. Yeah, yeah. We know about it. Yeah. Uh, the top R&B song for that week was Shanice's I Love Your Smile. Mm,
0: okay. So we got a new one.
1: Yes, we got a new one. That's a good song. And um, on to TV this movie was released on a wednesday
0: yeah in france it was in released france. on a wednesday yep
1: so that night on abc
0: december 18th
1: december 18th 1991 was a new these are all new episodes one for din. it was dinosaurs the wonder years doogie hauser and then a show called anything but love do you have you heard of this show
0: it's, yeah it sounds familiar but it might be confusing it with another one as well who was in that again?
1: it's jamie lee curtis and richard lewis yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah yeah i was actually i was getting confused with the one that starred Jay thomas and annie potts but
1: oh okay yeah this sounds very moonlighting-ish when i was reading the synopsis it's like he works they both work at a magazine in chicago and you know it's like a I think it was somewhat a, love story between them.
0: I think it was more of a standard sitcom, though. I don't think... Um, it wasn't, you know, like, them think, solving yeah, crimes or was, anything like, like that. Where it's just kind
1: of, you know, they work together. Audience, is what I mean. They work together, and there was, you know, a love story. Yeah. Or, you know, that tension between them. I know two. I've
0: seen a couple episodes of it, and I didn't care too much for it. Oh.
1: Okay. But. Also... What was on a show that you and I both like, but you like probably more than I do, which was on NBC was Insolved Mysteries. I've and just it, become fascinated with it. I know. It's just, I never
0: watched it as a kid. It was like too scary and creepy. Oh, me, so.
1: I, don't, I think I just like grew up watching these things. That's why I'm just... and I think I don't like things that are not solved. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know... They sh- they show all these things and I'm like, well, I need that. That's why I like the newer ones now because they do have updates. But I'm like, why are you going to tell me this? And now I got to think about it. And then I need an update.
0: I mean, okay, so we watched <laughs> we watched the episode. <laughs> we
1: watched it was a se- It was ep- episode sixteen, season four. And there was and conflicting we
0: resources it. as to what yeah. episode actually is that. So, yeah. We went with the IMDb listing on this instead of Wikipedia. They had a different list in order, but we watched this one. Um, And none of them had updates. No. uh, So, okay. There's a lot of things that are creepy about Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know. I mean, obviously the theme song. But I don't know what's, like, scarier when there isn't an update or, like, sometimes, like, the updates kind of, like, creep me out, too.
1: Oh, I like the updates. I mean, I, I need like them, but it's,
0: like, still, like, kind of creepy. Because, like, it, there's no Robert Stack narration. It's just, like, the music and then, like, these old, like, yeah, mugshots the, dun, 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 or whatever. Dun, 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 dun. And, like, the little like thing in of the text. Back, yeah. And it's like, this guy did it. And, like, oh. It's, like, it gives you chills still. I don't know
1: that i like cuz i need i need in yeah, like beginning the closure middle and it. uh, yeah like i need some creepy. closure in some of these it's things
0: it's still like creepy to me and i don't know why it's like creepy to me but something like about how it's just like tacked theory. on at the end and you know not actually part of the original broadcast just kind of like makes it seem like supernatural i don't know whatever my mind's weird but we watched this there was four cases in there one was like not really a case it was just like a you know did this place in yugoslavia heal these people
1: you right never know well okay one of them it took place in this town called Majori and Medgury. Majori. Like yeah and one of the it's it's kind of like a pil- pilgrimage where like mm-hmm. uh the mary because then i started thinking about the mary that appeared in chicago yeah like 15 years in an ago underpass in an underpass because, yeah, so this was like back in the 80s where you know the Virgin Mary appeared in this town and you know healed mm-hmm. people, it caused a, pil- a pilgrimage of, of like people around the world coming to visit the Mary. Mm-hmm. And then one of the women did, but then there was this other woman who was reading a magazine about it, and she's like, Let me pray. That's where I was like. Yeah, she
0: didn't even go, did she? She didn't even go. Yeah, she just read the magazine. She read a magazine about this about the magic magazine. (laughs) That's where I was like, come on. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so this lady had like debilitating MS, and then she prayed, and then poof, magic cure. After
1: reading about the Mary in this town. Yeah. That's where I was like.
0: Yeah, poof magic care. And she I was getting annoyed fine. with she that. Fine. Yeah, she was walking
1: um, fine, you know and then the, <laughs> the other reenactments was are like always great.
0: A drug addict who, you know, didn't have to
1: Yeah, the first woman went there, she was like a drug like, addict and you know, everything was she had like sores, sores and, and stuff and all you know, up and all down good. her arms and body and face basically. And yeah. then she goes there and she visits With a priest and prays with him and he, you know, sprays her with holy water and he, you know, the next day she's healed. I kind of understand that because she went there.
0: And that can just be like sheer, like, willpower. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I believe this so hard that it's going to become true. Like, that's easy to understand. The MS thing is, is weird and who knows how...
1: From reading a magazine and then just like okay and praying,
0: it's not the reading of the magazine, it's the praying, too. (laughs) You have to do both.
1: That's where I was like, Come on now.
0: So, that's that was the first story, (laughs) yeah. And and they did not know each other, so it has to be possibly real, right? Uh, Um, the second thing was a shack fire where two kids were. Potentially murdered, most likely murdered in a a little shack. And they think it
1: was because of, um, like, a drug deal gone bad or
0: something. Drugs. And so, yeah, they're burned alive, I think. And those poor kids just
1: got killed because they found the money or something. And the family,
0: like, the mom and dad, like, witnessed two guys near the shack or something. And they told the cops but the cops didn't believe them because of their prior history but they didn't talk about what that prior history was or why that would be true and they didn't have that any like that story cop was also that that deserved more time yeah i screen. needed
1: to know more
0: yeah but no one was caught uh, uh, that was that's still a on, mystery probably yeah Those... most likely a drug related yeah
1: thing. it's probably because yeah. the kids
0: found like a hundred dollar bill which may have been related to some sort of drug deal and then whatever they got
1: they got caught, caught.
0: yeah um, third story. Third story was about a woman being abducted in Clinton, Missouri. Angela Hammond was was uh, I wrote the date down four four ninety one. She was at a payphone and someone abducted her, abducted her at a payphone. Uh, Her fiancé was on the phone with her at the time, heard the scream, went to go chase him. This
1: was also a weird story. Like, she was just randomly calling him from a payphone from where?
0: Yeah, I don't know why she was at a payphone instead of, like, going back to her house.
1: Like, why is she calling her boyfriend or fiancé up at a random payphone? It looked like in a, I don't know, like a gas station type payphone. Yeah, maybe
0: she was getting gas, but... I don't know why she felt the need to call her, like, because, I don't know, well, obviously they're making up the conversations, but they're saying, like, oh, are we still going to go to this place on the weekend?" Like, why would you have that conversation at the moment? Why don't you just wait till you
1: get home and have the conversation at home? Why did you have to call him right away and say, and then have, like, a long-ass chit-chat? Don't you have to pay, like... Right, two dollars and quarters to keep talking
0: yeah, it, it, or it's, more it's very weird and we're not trying to victim yeah no anyway. i'm not victim blaming i'm just like, like, like it's such a weird circumstance it was a really
1: weird circumstance didn't
0: make logical sense to but
1: us. then you know she's talking she sees a weird guy the guy goes to a payphone next to her and she's like and but then he he leaves the pay from right away and he's in his truck and she's like hey do you need to use the phone he's like no whatever right but then and she just turns around and continues talking to her fiance
0: and she describes the car to him she knows something's like not quite right and so she describes the guy in the car to the fiance and he is able to identify the car when she's trying to get her going the opposite way so he does a u-turn ruins his transmission, though, and so he can't fully chase him because the yeah. car gives out. and then that and makes car gone is forever. gone forever. Um, some possible unconfirmed sightings of her in other states in Canada, but nothing ever came of that. The abductor possibly had connections to two other instances in, within a 100-mile radius. One of those people was and shot dead. So, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm and scary shit Uh, and then the fourth one was a missing bank executive there was a burning car on a deserted road the sheriff found it but uh, all of the expensive stuff in the car was still there except for a very key briefcase that had a lot of his files and he was evidently helping uh, the feds with a drug investigation
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: so they think it was again probably drug related and a cartel learned of his help and abducted him or killed him and burned the car so i don't know we thought that you know sorry for unsolved the tangent but like unsolved yeah. mysteries is like a mix of true crime and pop culture all yes at one. Yes, yes it's like you know it's just like a fun little different thing to talk about so when we come across those we might recap the episode yeah a bit. if the,
1: like we like if yes like something like snl or something we can watch the episode and yeah. talk about it
0: exactly so
1: we can do that with unsolved mysteries
0: uh, with that out of the way i think that's everything right so on rankings and ratings yep all right so on your one to five star scale where would you put all the mornings of the world or what's what's the french title again did we write that down
1: tous les montant du monde i give this movie a four
0: four out of five yeah yeah i'm kind of with you I, i'd say on my zero to four star scale i think it's a solid three out of four um yeah i mean honestly like the cinematography we didn't really talk about all that much but that was blowing so my like mind like because it, it looked like the paintings
1: yeah they would show we didn't even talk about that but it would show an actual paint like a still life painter his name is beaujean if you go to like any art museum mm-hmm. you can probably see his stuff he does a lot of still life of just you know any like a bowl of fruit you know
0: yeah but you could i mean honestly there's so many shots in there where you could take like a still frame of it and you could swear that they were just mimicking a painting. Yeah, I mean, there, it, it was looked like exciting, The lighting and like the candles and the setup and like the wardrobes and everything—it's just amazing. So
1: yeah, The cinematography is well, like that award is
0: deserved. Definitely.
1: And that cinematographer, he, his name is Eve Angelo. Uh,
0: every movie is worth watching once. Would you watch it again?
1: Um. Yeah, I think if I was like on. Like a Criterion, or like if it was on Turner Classic Movies, I would watch it without you know all the commercials. Because of course, like unfortunately, we had to watch it with commercials.
0: Yeah, yeah, like with like a director commentary, or, yeah. not director or like any sort of like you know film theorist commentary, yeah. Type yeah, of thing. yeah I, I think yeah in the, in that circumstance I would agree with you. Otherwise, just naturally, I would say probably not. I mean, there's.
1: I'm not gonna watch this every day, but no, I would watch no. it if there was like some. You know, like a Turner Classic movie, like there's actual history. Yeah, I like think someone provides is... more information about
0: this. Exactly. Yeah, I think that there's something that provided additional context or history or something like that. Yeah. Then I think it's worthwhile. But otherwise, just on its own, probably not. But it's definitely worth watching the one time. Um, so, yeah, if you out there want to watch all the mornings of the world, as of this recording in May 2021, it's available on digital rental. VHS, DVD, oh, it's also on Vudu. Uh, but as always, check your local listings. As for us, you can listen to us on all your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, help us grow. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxd. Just search 1991 Movie rewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week, we're going from morning to night, and we're watching Night on Earth. It's available on HBO Max, Criterion Channel, Digital Rental, vhs TV. We'll see you then. Thanks.